Thank you for tuning in to Trevor Talks Podcast, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. Today, we have the unique pleasure of having not one, but two guests with me today. Pastors Jay Stewart and Derek Hawkins are the co-authors of Welded, which hit store shelves this morning. And the book carries such a beautiful message of unity that I had to have both of these guys on today for the book launch. So without further ado, here is my interview with Jay Stewart and Derek Hawkins. Derek, Jay, thank you so much for taking the time for this interview today. I'm super pumped to have you guys on here today for launch day. It's beyond crazy that we're able to release this on the same day the book comes out. So thank you for taking the time to be here today. Man, Trevor, thank you for having us, man. It is uh, a privilege to be on your podcast today, man. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, oh, Trevor, thank thanks you. a bunch, man. Great to connect with you, and uh, we're excited about uh, the release of Welded. Yes, yeah, so I want to get started with that just because you guys have such a unique approach that you don't see too often nowadays. First being that you co-authored a book. Right. Yeah. You you don't see that as much as I think you actually should, unless it's like Dave Ramsey and Rachel Cruz, like a father-daughter type thing. We've got two pastors from two different states that somehow linked together, God orchestrated this whole thing. You not only wrote a book, but you merged your churches together. Right. Yeah. Right. All right. Who who wants to tackle that? Because <laughs> we just need to address that. That's it, it's just too unique not to address. Man, Trevor, thank you for even, you know, having a conversation, man. And for me, man, it was I'm from a small, smaller town probably called Salisbury, North Carolina. And I kind of grew up born and raised in Salisbury, North Carolina. And for me, one day my my wife asked me to take my daughter to get her hair done in a small city called mm-hmm. Salisbury. Man, I didn't want to get, you know, put out of the house for not doing it. So, I, you know, I obliged my wife to do the thing that I really didn't want to do getting off my couch that day. And I took my daughter. And so I got to make the best out of the day, right? You know, so I got to figure yeah. out something to do. I drop her off and I'm just kind of like walking downtown and I see this sign that says The Refuge. Like, ironically, I'm about to take over a church called the House of Refuge Deliverance Ministries in Greensboro, North Carolina, which is like maybe an hour and 20 minutes from Kannapolis, Salisbury area, like an hour from Salisbury. So I see this sign that says the refuge. I call the number, but it doesn't lead me to Kannapolis. It leads me, or Salisbury leads me to Kannapolis. So somebody picks up the phone. I wanted a meeting with the graphic guy just about the sign. I was intrigued about the sign, man. Not necessarily the church, but just the sign. And then from that, had a conversation. He invited me back to a service. And at that time, a guy by the name of Benning Leapshire from Jesus Culture was preaching mm-hmm. on revival. And I was wrecked, man. I was wrecked. That was my first time, like, really having a real, true white church experience. Like, you know, you see <laughs> things on t- TV, but like a real, true white church experience. And I'm snotting, bro. I'm like, man, you know, I don't know what's going on here. But this guy just totally wrecked me. And it was it was an amazing thing. I meet Pastor Jay in the concourse. He's going on sabbatical maybe like the next month. But he's like, hey, if you shoot me an email, keep in contact. As soon as he came off, we started meeting. And we met for over a year and a half. And he just began to mentor me and pour into me. Man. That's, that's how we kind of kicked it off. <laughs> no, that's awesome. And Jay, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, so that's that's pretty much how it all started. That was six years ago, 2014. And uh you know, we had planted this church called The Refuge. It started in 2004 in a basement with about 40 people. And then just exploded. We became a multi-site church. 
We had the campus mm-hmm. in Salisbury. We had planted a campus in Brazil. We weren't uh, really looking to plant another campus at the time. And uh, that was never on our radar screen. But Pastor Derek approached me just about mentoring him, coaching him. I'm this middle-aged white guy pastoring a predominantly white mega church. Uh, we were, you know, racially mixed, probably to a degree of about 25% at yeah. the time. And so that was my heart. So I said, yeah, I'd love to meet with you. We started meeting and uh, instantly felt like there was this real God connection, uh, something unique about the relationship, but never thinking about uh, a book, never thinking about merging our campuses. None of that was on our radar screen. I really mm-hmm. just wanted to help him and help the kingdom. And so that's how yeah. the relationship started. We formed this incredible relationship, not only with he and his wife, but with the founding pastors. And we started meeting every single month, really just helping them get ready for the transition of uh, the founding pastors turning the House of Refuge Deliverance Ministries over to Derek. And then uh, mm. things just began to unfold from there. And with right now, we're in what some would consider a very racially divided nation. So one of the really unique things, and there's so many unique things about the book. I'm going to say that a lot. Just going to be up front. It's very unique to see a white megachurch pastor and a black pastor come together, combine the churches, and see success with it. I don't see you guys as competing with one another to see who has the best sermon or the best uh, attendance or anything. You guys are genuinely in this for Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. No, no doubt about that. It's a kingdom thing. The Lord did it from the beginning and it really is the fulfillment of the last prayer. Jesus prayed before he went to the cross, John 17, he prayed for unity. It's a prerequisite to revival. The enemy is constantly trying to keep us divided, but we just feel like God's writing a better narrative through us. And for whatever reason, he chose us. He's thrust our story into the national spotlight numerous times, and now he's doing it again with the re- release of Welded. And man, we're just grateful that uh, we get to walk this thing out. It's full of challenges. We write about that in the book. There's been struggles, but uh, both of us would say it is well worth it. Uh, to be a part of the fulfillment of the prayer Jesus prayed. So whatever whatever it costs us, uh, it mm. is so worth it. And we're thrilled that we get to be the ones to walk us out. Mm. Derek? Man, yeah, so good. I mean, I, I share those same sentiments. I think if you look at our nation, it's easily to side for the side of division over reconciliation or unity. Because it's so so easy for people just to kind of get in their silos, live through their own echo chambers. But that's not true compassion. That's not true, uh, truly what the heart of Jesus is. So for me, man, it's just been making my life totally uncomfortable for the yeah. cause of Christ. Right. Oh, yeah. So with me, it's living where I choose to live, where my, my children go to school, what type of church that we'll be a part of, what type of music, bro. I, can I tell you the first time I started listening to K-Love, man? It was a culture shock <laughs> for me, bro. It took me a minute. Like, it's like, this ain't it. <laughs> like, bro, I had to condition my ears to kind of hear it, you know? And so, but I think that's a part of the journey. And so, so many times we just kind of focus on the negatives that we don't focus on the positives. Here's what we did. I never looked at it as being a, a middle-aged white guy. I looked at it as being a mentor now, father figure to me, who was just walking me through pitfalls of life. Yep. Like I reached out to so many black pastors 
who did not take the time to pour into me like this man did. And he never asked for anything for me, uh, from me. He just exposed me, not even knowing who I was. And I mean, just look at me, middle-aged, 30, 30-something-year-old guy. I was early 30s at that time. Man, you could have looked at me and just looked right past me, right over me and some, something else, but he never did that. He he discerned the voice of, of God concerning my life, and he never held back anything, exposing me to anything. And I'll forever be indebted to him just for his gratitude and, you know, just his love for people, man. And, and one thing I can say about Pastor Jay, it's not just his love for me, it's his love for people. Mm. You know, I've seen him pastor people, not just black people, white, yeah. Hispanic. He has so many different people, but leaders across the nation respect his influence and his ability just to love on people, man. So it's, it's about just building a relationship. Yeah. And with all the amazing things we're hearing about, <laughs> Jay... Jay, how did you get to this place mentally to be able to take on so many mentorships and just how did the Lord guide you to be able to not look at someone's appearance and not look at anything other than, okay, God, do you want me to mentor this person? How did you get to that mindset to where you can just tackle these things head on? Uh, Well, Trevor, I think uh, something God started doing in my heart years ago when I was a, a young man, young guy. I just had such a heart for people. I had such a heart for the kingdom. I grew up playing basketball in high school, played a little bit in college. And there were oftentimes, I was the only white dude on the team. Some of yeah. my closest friends were black guys. One of the very first concerts I ever went to in my life was uh, Andre Crouch and the Disciples. Man, I loved <laughs> gospel music. And now looking back on it, shoot, dude, I think the Lord is just getting me ready. And then God put just an apostolic anointing on my life. Where I really, you know, as I got older and had been in ministry for a long time, really desired to pour into others. And God just began to open the door for me to do that. So when Pastor Derek approached me about, you know, coaching him, mentoring him, and that was an easy yes for me because that was my heart. And I love doing that. And, uh, man, I was just drawn to the guy. Listen, he, he's a, an amazing leader, incredibly sharp. And we just see God was preparing both of us for this moment to write this better narrative and to be a picture of the fulfillment of Psalm 133, the dew that flows across the beard and the robe of Aaron, the high priest, Jesus, and flows down and waters the soul of our hearts. Mm. And with this book coming out right now, it's like we've got a pretty nasty election cycle going on. It's getting pretty interesting. It's so good to see some good news coming out of this. It's so refreshing to see this book just coming to light in this moment. It's like God knew all along when it was going to come out. He had all of this planned, but for me as from a consumer perspective, I'm walking through target or Walmart or scrolling through Amazon. And I see this book immediately. You're going to see a white dude and a black dude. They're both smiling, sitting there in the warehouse or wherever it is. And it's like, what, what is this? Like, I'm not supposed to be seeing this right now. I'm supposed to be seeing two president or a president and the president elect going back to back right now. We're not supposed to see any kind of unity right now. The media is not yeah. showing it and you're right. going to read welded. And it's like, what right. got welded together? What is this message of being welded? What is this? They're going to dive into the book. They're going to find that peace, that unity, um, the discernment that the Lord's laid on your heart for this book. And I, I want to get to the beginning of your stories like where did you come from what did your life look like growing up how did god use you as a young man to become the 
person that you are today. If you want to start, Derek. Yeah, yeah, man. I, I was born, like I said, I was born before I moved to Salisbury. I was in an even smaller town called Coolamy, North Carolina, right outside Coolamy? of Coolamy, Coolamy, hey, North okay, Carolina. Okay. So uh, it was a very, very racially divisive town. And I remember probably being about seven or eight years old and getting off the school bus and, and two white guys were driving by with, with guns aimed and shooting at me. And I remember taking off running into my grandmother's arms and she was just weeping. And I didn't understand at the time of, you know, the racial tension that we were under and just being a black kid in a, in a, in a white community, what it meant to some people, not all people, but some people. And, but we still, it wasn't something that we talked about. She never uh, ingrained in me to have distaste or hate for people that didn't look the same as me. Pretty much all of my upbringing was surrounded around very multicultural, multi-ethnic schools. Kulami was predominantly white, very low percentage of African-Americans and other minorities there. I transitioned from there to a school called West Rowan Middle School that was predominantly white. And so we, I was very good and pretty, you know, pretty athletic. So I kind of stood out in that being faster, you know, kind of and all of that. But my upbringing, my dad was in the military, so he did a tour, two tours in Korea. And so he just always taught me about uh, being very uh, diverse in my relationships. But I came from poverty, man. I came from uh, my my mom had four children, four different fathers. Mm. Uh, I moved in with my grandmother. My grandmother raised me because my mom just was not able to raise us. And then I moved in with my dad at 13. And that environment was totally different. His environment was totally different from staying with my grandmother. But it birthed this like relationship of prayer. And just, I had a strong sense. My grandmother, her grandmother also helped raise me, which was 105 when she died and just put this mantle of prayer on me Mm. and just taught me how to pray and taught me how uh, to intercede. And from that moment, you know, I think that that's, even in my years of rebellion, I could just hear their voices like leading me back to that place. So I never, I never saw this though, Trevor, if I'm honest, like I never saw me being on the forefront of what the Lord is called to do. I, I never saw that, but I did know, like my grandmother told me at a young age that she felt like I was going to, you know, be a preacher that the Lord is going to use me to do something very significant uh, in the world, man. And I didn't know how significant it would be in this time. So that's a little bit about my, my upbringing. It's so good. And that, that story is so unique to you. Like nobody can take that from you. The Lord's yeah, right. worked in your life to bring you to this point here. Now, when it comes down to it, Jay, what is your story? So I was born in the 60s in deep south, down in Georgia. We were just talking about that, Trevor, earlier in Columbus, Georgia. It's the home of yeah. Aflac, the duck. Aflac! Aflac! And it's the place where Coca-Cola was invented. But anyway, on. you know, a lot of a lot of racial tensions in the 60s, mm-hmm. obviously, in the Deep South. But I really was taught from a young age by especially by my mother, uh, just to love everybody, regardless of skin pigmentation, regardless of where they came from. We were raised very lower middle class, two bedroom, one bath house uh, there in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, but just growing up, I just had a love for people. and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, around the age of 14, really felt like that there was a good possibility that I would spend my life just pouring into people. Uh, I didn't really know at the time to call it full-time vocational ministry. I just knew I loved to help people. And so God has put me on a journey for years now 
uh, over three decades, almost four decades of full-time vocational ministry and having the opportunity now to plant uh, the refuge 16 years ago. We have campuses now on three different continents and never, never imagine. I always dreamt of doing great things for God, but we don't know for sure what that's going to end up looking like. Yeah. I just knew I wanted to do great things for him. Once I got over uh, the dream of being of an NBA player, and I realized about my 10th grade year of high school, that probably wasn't going to happen. And then yeah. my dream shifted, and I just wanted to do big things for the kingdom. And uh, so now here we are, you know, getting to uh, represent the heart of the Lord, you know, his love for all people, that every human being is valuable to God. doesn't matter what country you're from, doesn't matter you know, what's your age, what's your education, how much money you have or don't have, doesn't matter what color your skin, everybody is valuable to God. And through our yeah. book, Wilded Men, we get a chance to really communicate that and drive that home. And we tell our story, but we go way beyond that and talk about the importance of forming relationships with people who look different than we do. And that's what, that's what this thing is about that Derek and I are walking out. We have a great, very close relationship. Our families are close. I love his wife and kids. And, and this is all about relationship. And so that's what's kind of led us up to this point. Years ago, down in deep South Georgia now, to Charlotte, North Carolina, and really having a chance to touch the world. That's so awesome. And to piggyback off of what you said about um, God taking people from the most random places, like small towns. I I grew up in social circle here where I'm at. And it was always that dream for me to like, I would see Ryan Seacrest hosting American Idol, Jimmy Fallon on the tonight show. And I'd be like, man, I wish I could do that. And then yeah. I guess around ninth grade, I was like, but why can't I do that? Mm -hmm. Who's telling me I can't do that? Like, yeah. Okay, I grew I grew up in a town with maybe around three thousand people in it at the max, and I want to speak in arenas. I want to do this. Like I feel called to this. Why can't I do it? Mm -hmm. And when I finally figured out, you know, it can happen. At the age of sixteen, I was able to travel the country and such. I wasn't ready for it. I kind of got a little big head about it, and I ended up getting diagnosed with panic disorder. Started mm -hmm. having panic attacks. Completely shifted my career path from evangelism on the road to working for AT&T, became a wow. uh, top sales rep for them, had awards, money, um, bought a house at 19, like did that whole thing. Wow. But I have wow. never felt so low in my life because I mm. knew that money, whatever, is yeah. not going to satisfy me. That's right. So about 2018 is when God was like, so you still want to do this thing or not? And I just started slowly moving back into the social media sphere. And wow. I was like, I'm never going to be able to get back on stages with Lecrae or Crowder. Like, I'm never going to be able to do that again. That part of my life's over. I started pursuing the little things and found joy in that. I started Man, pursuing incredible. community and found joy in that. I overcame anxiety and depression through therapy, medication, and Jesus. Wow. Those things so can work incredible. together. Jesus can use those. And within three months, we were back where we left off. And it's like, okay, what's next, God? And it's like, quit AT&T, quit this, quit mm -hmm. that. You don't, I, I didn't know how I was going to make money, but. Wow. 
you know, I didn't care. And God brought me to this point now where it's like, you're going to talk about anxiety. You're going to talk about depression. You're going to talk about the agony that you went through with that. Mm. And you're going to like, I never thought I'd own a clothing brand especially based around mental health. Who does that? Like you're, you're not supposed to do that. Those two things aren't supposed to go together. Mental health isn't positive, but God said to do it. So here we are. And with you guys, all of our stories are so different, but they're all building to the same thing and it's building the kingdom. Yeah. So with all of that being said, all of our stories have kind of been laid out here on the table in the light of our current culture, when it comes down to politics and racial division, how do you two, as co-pastors, bring your congregation together and address these things, um, whether it be Black Lives Matter, um, any kind of racial discrimination that's going on in our country? How do you come together and figure out how your congregation is going to be addressed and what direction you're going to lead them in? I think Pastor Jay's did an amazing job of just uh speaking from the truth of God's word, man, everything that we do, we have to we can't as as Christians, as being salt and light, we can't compromise with organizations or either mm-hmm. even uh things that don't align to the will of God. And yeah. I think he's he's been amazing at spearheading those things. Um I think it's also good to to know that as the church I have a responsibility to pre- preach kingdom and truth, but also to walk in love. And so I think there has to be a thin line in the gospel. And I don't believe that we're called to, you know, just do everything that the world does. But I also feel like we're called to to be light and be that example of hope. And um, I think that that's what our story symbolizes, because people can look at everything that's going on inside of uh, the world, but they still look at our relationship of saying, how are you guys continuing to do this in spite of everything that could divide you guys? And and we can't take any credit for that. That's the Holy Spirit knitting us together, knitting our hearts together. And like, I mean, it's, there's no no other credit that we can take for that. So yeah. I think we don't avoid tough conversations. We've addressed it. We've had conversations on the platform where we where we talked about things, uh, where we've addressed the elephants in the room, and uh, we've been very transparent about it. But at the same time, our focus is on the mission of Christ. Mm. Like that's our focus. We don't align to any other thing except the mission of Christ. And that's sure. what our focus is. And I think we've, we've done a great job of, you know, just keeping the main thing, the main thing. I love that so much. Yeah, Do you have so anything good. you would add to that? Yeah, I would say in addition to those things, which is so powerful, what, what Pastor Derek shared, one of the things that we've been fiercely committed to Trevor is that we value the relationship more than we value being right. Mm. And we seek to understand more than we seek to be understood. Those are two principles that we've really tried to operate under. So, you know, I mean, obviously there's a lot of opportunities for people to be offended nowadays. And -hmm. there's a lot going on between the racial divisions, between COVID, between the political unrest, uh, between Antifa, you know, Black Lives Matter, uh, all of those things, there's plenty of opportunities to be offended. We've really tried to uh, emphasize to people that loyalty to the king is way more important than loyalty to a political party. Listen, Donald Trump is not our savior. Joe Biden is not our savior. Oh, we have a amen. king who's above every Thank other God. king. And our commitment <laughs> is to him. Our commitment is to the word of God, even if it's not politically correct. And our commitment is to the relationship. 
because the everything has to flow out of relationship. Yeah. And so man, we just lay aside differences and we've talked very openly about, you know, some of the struggles. We talk yeah. about it in our book. We talk we have a whole chapter that talks about the struggles and welded. But at, at the end of the day, we value the relationship that we have more than we value being right. So mm. that's more important. And there's a lot at stake. Listen, yeah. revival is at stake. And we want to see revival come. And in yeah. order to see that happen, we've got to fight for the unity that is created by the Holy Spirit. So good, man. So, so good. good. Yeah. Yeah. What's your encouragement to people who feel defeated by the division in their lives? We'll start with you, Pastor man, Eric. I, yeah, I think my encouragement is that that don't lose hope. It's so easy for me. Uh, I, I share it probably more in common with you that you probably know. Um, I was in a mental institution and, uh, and, and, and like coming from that place, it's probably one of the darkest places I've ever been in my life. Mm. And um, having to fight my way from that, it was easy for me to, to lose hope. You know, it's easy for me to, to give up the fight. But I think one of the things that has helped keep me motivated was just keeping my, my eyes on the one who was able to deliver me. Come on. And I think if we're going to encourage people and challenge people um, to remain hopeful, man, hopeful. And I just wrote something the other day about this. I've seen America band together in times of tragedy, 9-11, um, hurricanes, floods. We banded together to, to come together as a, from the soul of what we know America could be, this nation could be. So my mm-hmm. hope is I know we can do it in times of adversity and chaos. We thrived in chaos. Yeah. And so yeah. if I look at my own life, my life has been a life that challenges has pushed me to dependency on the Holy Spirit. And so if there's never been a time for the church to come forth, for church to thrive, the time it is now because we are totally dependent. If we haven't learned anything else, Trevor, we can't do this thing without God. Right. We can't right. do this thing without Jesus. So one thing that we're, we might be losing is control, but we God is gaining control. And I love what Pastor Jay talks about, the prerequisite for revival is. But we believe in prayer. We believe in standing in the word of God. But I will encourage every person listening to this podcast, whatever you do, don't lose hope. Yeah, Because I believe that we're on the, on the verge of seeing the greatest revival that the earth has ever seen. And I believe it's going to happen in our day. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Go ahead and preach, man. I love it. That's so powerful, bro. And so, so good. And Trevor, if I could, just uh, in addition to that, you know, Revelation 12 talks about the fury of the enemy, that his fury increases as he knows that his days are short. And I think that we're seeing so much unleashed in our nation and in our world right now. But here's what I would say uh, to people. I would say it's very important to turn off the noise of our day. Over and over, we find this statement in the Bible, to him who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So listen, shut off CNN, shut off Fox News, shut off the talk radio, quit listening to, you know, the psychobabble of Facebook and Twitter. And listen, if we are getting more of that than we are the Word of God, then obviously we're going to buy into a narrative that is contrary to the word of God. 
We have mm. got to learn to tune our ears to what the Spirit of the Lord is saying right now. Otherwise, man, we're going to go crazy with all of the psycho babble of our day. We got to hear what the Lord is saying, because I believe God is faithfully speaking in this day. And God's looking for a people that are going to press their ear to his chest and hear the heartbeat of God right now, because we've got an opportunity. Podcast, listen to this podcast. You got to get a copy of the book. It's going to stir your heart. It's so good. Where can readers find your book? Yeah, so they can go to uh, weldedbook.com, weldedbook.com, or go to Amazon, pick up a copy on Amazon, go to christianpost.com, any of those sites. Mainly Amazon's the best place to go grab the book and buy a few copies. Great time to do some Christmas shopping, buy several copies, because I'm telling you, it's going to stir your heart. Yeah, and we're going to put the link in the description down here. And you were saying, Derek? Yeah, you can go to christianbooks.com to get that get that book also. But listen, man, we got a forward by Sam Collier. You've done a podcast. My man. Yeah, so Sam, man, I actually had a chance to chat it up with him a little bit last night. Sam Collier did the forward. But we also have endorsements from people like Robert Morris, John Bevere, um, so many great Dr. Tony Evans in Crescendum today. So, man, these are people who believe in the story. They believe in what we're doing. So I think you definitely, everybody listening, you got to go get the book today. Uh, I'm welded. It's going to bless you in so many different ways. It's going to change your life. I love that so much. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find more information about this book at weldedbook.com. Go click the link in the description below. You can go check it out, buy the book, and just be sure to keep up with these guys and everything that God's doing in your life. Pastor Derek, Pastor Jay, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been such a pleasure. I, You're the man, I'm just Trevor. beyond beyond blessed by this episode personally and i know everybody else is going to as well so ladies and gentlemen if you've been listening to this go pick up that book and next week we've got a crazy 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 episode with manuel reyes formerly a group one crew and we will talk to you next week thanks trevor what happens when a writer and former history teacher goes toe-to-toe with his best friend a nationally touring stand-up comedian Total carnage, that's what. Two men enter, and two men leave, because that's how it works. (laughs) Actually, you get hilarious, real, and insightful conversations about life, history, culture, faith, and everything in between. Join me, comedian Johnny W., and my pal, author, and speaker John Driver for Talk About That at lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcasts.